Alright friends, we're going to plug through chapter 15 of 2 Kings. And the highlights here is that we have a really long reign from um, a guy named, one second, Azariah, who's also called Uzziah. He's got these two names, and he has a super long reign of 52 years. And during that time, the reign of Jehu comes to an end, and there's a series of like usurpers and stuff. And so the northern kingdom of Israel is in a, quite a bit of turmoil. The southern kingdom has a very long reign, but it's not a time of expansion. It's more a time of kings that are pretty good, and they sustain the kingdom. So without further ado, verse 1. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, the king of Judah, began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And that's a good sign. Again, moms from Jerusalem tend to raise fairly faithful sons. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. So this is often how they'll report it. They'll say he did a good job, and then they'll give the standard, like, as good as David? No. As good as his father? Sure. Um, so that's okay, but not not the best. Verse 4. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. And the Lord touched the king so that he was a leper to the days of death, and he lived in a separate house. And Jotham, the king's son, was over the household, governing the people of the land. Now again, in another place, probably in Chronicles, I don't remember where exactly they explain what happened here, where Uzziah was like trying to participate in, uh, my memory serves me, trying to participate in worship in a way that only the priest should do. And God um, disciplined him by giving him leprosy spontaneously, and so he was excluded from uh, communion. He was ex uh, like communing with people in worship. He couldn't go into the temple. He was ceremonially, un ceremonially unclean. Um, and so, and then one thing I'm not sure here is it says that Jotham's son was over the household governing the people of the land. So I think they had a co-regency here. They probably would have needed one because um, Uzziah's sickness would keep him from being able to do a lot of the things that a king would require. So I haven't worked out the math, but I bet you could be wrong, but I bet you they they were both reigning at the same time. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David, and Jotham his son reigned in his place. So that's a short chapter that covers half a century. Verse 8, in the 38th year of Azariah king of Judah, Zechariah the son of Jeroboam reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. Now this is the last uh, one of Jehu's descendants to reign. Verse 9, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the sons of Nabat, which he made Israel to sin. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him down at Ibleam, and put him to death and reigned in his place. So there's a usurper here. And what's really uh, important to note is that God did not, we have no record of God inspiring this uh, assassination and replacement um, when with Jehu remember God appointed Jehu to do uh, the work of ending Ahab's line but we don't have any prophetic word here so this person is a usurper of the throne but also is doing it in rebellion to God most likely verse 11 now the rest of the deeds of Zechariah behold they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel 
This was the promise that the Lord had given to Jehu, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. And so even though it's like a bloody end, there is the fulfillment of God's promise. Remember, this whole book is about God being faithful to his word, especially to his promises to Israel and to David. But the big question is, how is God going to be faithful to his word in the midst of so much unbelief and unfaithfulness amongst his people? Verse 13, Shalom the son of Jabesh began to reign in the 39th year of Uzziah the king of Judah, and he reigned one month in Samaria. So notice that the name chain of the king of Judah has happened here. Then Manahem the son of Gadi came up from Tizra and came to Samaria and struck down Shalom the son of Jabesh in Samaria and put him to death and reigned in his place. So the guy only got one month. Now the rest of the deeds of Shalom and the conspiracy he made, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. At that time, Manahem sacked Tifsa and all who were in it and its territory from Tirzah on because they did not open it to him. Therefore, he sacked it and he ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. Okay, so here we get a picture into this new king. We've got a usurper who is then usurped. And then we have this scene that lets us know the character of this second generation usurper. There was a city that didn't open its gates to it, kind of similar to uh, Gideon in the book of Judges. And so in revenge, he sacks the city and uh, murders pregnant women with their children, which is, which is a horror. In the 39th year of Azariah, so it switches back to Azariah from Uzziah, king of Judah, Manahem, the son of Gadi, began to reign over Israel, and he reigned 10 years in Samaria. So he's a fairly long range reign. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. Now we're going to start getting more involvement from foreign nations in Israel and Judah. Verse 19, Pool, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Manahim gave Pool a thousand talents of silver that he might help him to confirm his hold on the royal power. Manahim exacted the money from Israel, that is, from all the wealthy men, 50 shekels of silver from every man to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the deeds of Manahim and all that he did are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. And Manahim slept with his fathers and Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. So this Manahim is a fierce fighter against his own people when they betray him and also allies himself with foreign powers in order to oppress his own people and i'm not sure is this the first time we've heard of assyria so there's syria and then assyria and then kind of babylon i think that's the progression of foreign powers that are really influential in the history of later israel before the exile uh, egypt shows up every once in a while as well but syria assyria babylon i think is how it goes 23 in the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Manahim, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned two years. Here's a short reign. Probably not going to end well. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, in which he made Israel to sin. So that you have this thing. It's called a refrain when it's always repeated like this. And so you know right away that it's not going to go well for this guy because he's just doing... These people are just interchangeable parts. They're just like a light bulb burns out and you put in another one. They're just being interchanged, but they're all the same. Verse 25. And Pekka, excuse me, the son of Remaliah, his captain, conspired against him 
with fifty men of the people of Gilead and struck him down in Samaria in the citadel of the king's house with Argob and Ariah, and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Pekahiah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the king of Israel. So now we have a third usurper, and so what you aren't getting here is any dynasties. You know, Jehu had a four-generation dynasty, or maybe five including himself. Um, David's got a dynasty that keeps on going because of God's commitment to the throne of Judah and his promise to always have a son of David on the throne of Judah, but the northern kingdom does not have this promise assigned to it, and so you keep having dynasties broken by usurpation. Verse 27. In the 52nd year of Azariah, the king of Judah, Pekah the son of Remaliah began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 20 years. That's a good reign. But he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. So that's like, what, the third, fourth time we've heard that in this one chapter? In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, came and captured Ejon, Abel Beth Maacah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried away pe people captive to Assyria. Okay, so this is a significant event where you have, this is the sign that Assyria is quite a superpower, that it's able to come and carve out such a large area of the Northern Kingdom. And theologically, remember, the, the land, the promised land, is a gift from the Lord to Israel, which they get to keep as long as they're faithful to God. So the fact that a large portion of land is being carved away from Israel is a sign of God withdrawing his presence and his promise from the Northern Kingdom because of their... Uh, rebellion against him and is preparing us for the big exile that the northern kingdom will soon suffer. Verse 30, Then Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck him down and put him to death and reigned in his place in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. So we got another conspiracy. And Again, this is a theological thing that God is not granting this faithless northern kingdom a dynasty of uh, or, or lineage of kings handing down their their reign to the next verse 32 we're getting there in the second year of Pekah the, the son of Remaliah the king of Israel Jotham the son of Uzziah the king of Judah began to reign and he was 25 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Jerusha the daughter of Zadok. So we don't know where she's from, but again, it looks like she's an okay mom. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not removed, and the people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places, and he built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Rezin, the son of Syria, the king of Syria, excuse me, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. Again, so in that verse 37 where it says the Lord is beginning to send these opponents against Judah to weaken it, to oppress it, um, we're getting this theology that they're, they're, the kings are okay kings, but because they don't purify the worship of the Lord and allow idolatry to persist in the high places, they are not really as protected as they could be their unbelief and their unfaithfulness is resulting in this kind of oppression and stuff. 
And that is the end of verse 15. So, uh, our chapter 15. So, not an exciting chapter. A chapter just full of murder, usurpation, and God beginning to carve away or send military aggression against these nations where the kings are not wholeheartedly serving the Lord. The northern kingdom kings are total waste of time with their idolatry and their behavior. And the southern kings are okay, but not aside from like rebuilding parts of the temple that Jotham did they're not like recorded as expanding the true worth worship of God and I think that's why you're seeing this thing and so hopefully soon we're going to run into uh, some great kings I think we have a couple good kings to come one thing to note as well that Uzziah from this chapter here when he died that's when the ministry of Isaiah started you might remember what is it Isaiah 5 or 6 where it says in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord high and lifted up and he has this great vision of the Lord in his temple and it's at the end of this like really long 50 year reign of a king where having this king die after such like an entire generation he, he reigned would just be so destabilizing to uh, Judah in a time where the northern kingdom is completely destabilized to usurpation and this is when Isaiah sees the Lord reigning from his throne. And so there we go. We've given some connection and context. And I hope you're blessed and we'll see you next time for chapter 16.